Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees, which brings together diverse and unique voices from around the world to share their stories. If you liked today's episode, remember to give us a like, subscribe, and leave a review. Here's your host, David Shunk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees. Today, we have a special guest on, our very own sound engineer. He works very hard to get our podcast episodes out to all of you, sounding beautiful, as always. Uh, Please welcome Roman. Roman is joining us today. We're going to have a discussion about adoption as usual. And another fun fact, he is a long-lost brother not related to me we were from the same city so it should be interesting roman welcome welcome uh, welcome to the show that you support <laughs> yeah thanks david no problem so roman why don't you uh give us a little bit of the backstory about you and where it all began yeah so my name is roman king i was born in smolensk russia in march uh or no may i was born in 1997 was placed in a baby home, I think at around the age of like two months. So really early on. And then I ended up being, or the adoption process kind of started through my parents around like six months. And of course that was, you know, probably a long and tedious process that I can't tell you anything about, but I, uh, yeah. So just kind of, you know, born there came, Moved to uh, Arkansas, rural city in Arkansas, really small town, and just kind of, yeah, just grew up and did that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So, um, uh, so I have an interesting question because you are from the same city as me in Russia, Smolensk. Yeah. Did you receive any gifts from the governor or the city? Uh, like any picture books or anything from the Russian government when you were adopted? Yeah. So actually, I do have, I guess, a little like baby book. And everything that is in there kind of, I guess, was what my parents maybe put in there about some information and stuff like where I was from, you know, just interesting things that they thought about when they came and adopted me, just kind of ex- stuff explaining, you know, what Russia was like and just kind of like, you know, details about, you know, that kind of stuff. But other than that, I really don't, I don't think so. But I do also have a, guess like an old Russian military hat that I guess somebody gave me or we bought at like a store or something. And I, I have it sitting in my closet at home. So is it one of those fur hats? No. So it is, oh. it's like, I guess it would be a Russian aviation like hat. It's it's really weird. It's got a flat top brim and it's yeah. really and then it's got like the kind of short, you know, cap on the front or whatever. Yeah, it's a it's a shame you didn't come prepared for the interview. You could have worn it so y'all could have <laughs> seen you with it, but Maybe next time. Hey, we can always do the fur hat. I do have one of those. I think it's like mandatory. It's you're adopted <laughs> from Russia. You get a fur hat. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So you grew up in Arkansas. Was, was there a large adoption community down in Arkansas? So not really. Now that I'm older, though, I am kind of learning and seeing more uh, and hearing more from people who are adopted. 
But I will say my very best friend, I actually went and stayed the night with him last night, but they, he was also adopted. He was, however, adopted from Texas, but his mom actually helped my mom kind of during the process and answering any, you know, questions that my mom probably, you know, needed help with or didn't really understand. So I did kind of have that one friend that I just always, we always knew, we always hung out. We always just knew that we were adopted. So I knew of a couple of people, but nothing like it wasn't, you know, kind of just brought up to me. I just, I just knew of that one guy and that was pretty much it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, do you remember how old you were when you first met or communicated with someone who was adopted from Russia besides your uh, good friend? Probably at like summer camp. I'm sure at some point I started going to Christian summer camps when I was, I think, like 10 or 11 and could probably guarantee you I know I've met some people there. But, you know, it was mm-hmm. so long ago, I don't even really keep up with them anymore. But, I, yeah, I would probably say around the age of 10 was when I really started recognizing and, like, learning and trying to figure out, you know, people who were adopted. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so my next question is, I know you said that you were adopted very young, and I was too. Not not two as in two years old almost two but you know i'm agreeing you know that i'm on the same boat as you do you remember the first memory of america if you look back on it i I know you you may not know a lot about russia but maybe the first memory that comes to mind when you were in the united states so i that's actually really funny because the one memory that comes to mind and my parents would tell me this all the time is that when they brought me into the States and we had made it and finished traveling and everything. We were coming into our neighborhood. I just remember smelling this just horrible, just smell. My parents will say to this day that I'd just go, Ooh, PU stinky. And the reason was, was because it was, there's a dead skunk in the road and the smell, I guess had gotten in the car. And I just, rem- I'd, just remember doing that. And they said that was kind of the first time I also really spoke since. So you you, you spoke English when you came over? Very little, but I did. They, that was apparently something that they taught me in the orphanage was English. I think probably because they knew that I was being adopted from a American family. So, okay. But I'm not, you know, again, that's kind of one of those things I'm not too sure of, but. Yeah, but that's definitely fascinating because I, you know, in that period of two, three years that you were adopted after me from the same orphanage, that they're teaching English, that's really cool. I mean, when I was adopted, they weren't doing that. So I, uh, when I came over, I was speaking Russian just for a few months before yeah. English kicked in, but that's cool. Do you like any Russian food? You know, I don't know if this is considered Russian, but I love pierogies. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, Eastern European. So, you know, all the countries have their own version of it. But, yeah, no, that's definitely a dish that they would, yeah. yeah. And I've actually, 
I think I've tried borscht a couple of times. I think most of the time it was kind of when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really care for the taste of beets. However, I've yet to try it since I've kind of matured in in my taste and everything. And so I would like to try it again. Do you like sour cream? Love sour cream. Good. Well, that's very popular. You have to put a lot of sour cream in borscht and you have to do a lot of dill. And the flavors are just... Mm. Oh, yeah. And then (laughs) same with I I realized that they use sour cream for pierogies as well. And that that is who that is the best. Yep. Can't go wrong. Yeah. So when uh, you were growing up at all, did you ever have conflicts with yourself in terms of being adopted? Yeah. And that was something that I struggled with for quite a while. I always knew that I was adopted was something that my parents were very, you know, they told, they told me pretty much from the second that I, I knew, you know, and I kind of got made fun of a lot growing up for being adopted and being from Russia. And I think that kind of sparked a lot of the depression and the trouble that I went through. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, I always used to ask my parents, like, you know, is it such a bad thing that I'm, you know, Russian and adopted and all that? And they were just like, you know, my mom always would would tell me and put this in my head that, hey, you're loved. You know, we got you for, you know, a reason and we wouldn't change anything. We don't want to change anything about you, so we just want you to, you know, be happy and healthy and and you know enjoy enjoy life and everything. And so it was it was a struggle for a long time. I mean, probably from the age of like thirteen or fourteen till I was almost twenty twenty one. Yeah. What do you think was the um, turning point from moving on from? kind of those feelings of when you were growing up where it's bothering you to you got to that point where you have pretty much came to terms with it and accepted it and you feel better about it. I think I started to realize and that it just I just wasn't in a healthy place in my mind thinking like that around the age of like 19, 18, 19 like mm-hmm. going into college just because I just realized that there wasn't anything to be upset about or, you know, to hate myself over or anything like that. And I just started, you know, I just honestly, I just started not caring, you know, what other people think about me and everything, because then the day, you know, you have to, you have to first, you know, learn to love yourself and understand who you are as a person before you can start figuring out, you know, different ways to, to better yourself. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So I, another question I have is, did you get a lot of uh, information about your biological family at all from the orphanage? And I guess the second question would be how much information did you come to the United States with. So that's actually really great because I don't 
to this day, I still really don't know anything. I actually asked my mom like a couple of weeks ago, you know, what kind of adoption, whether it was a open or closed adoption. She said it was a closed adoption and that it was at any point, and this is, this kind of surprised me, but at any point, if another Russian wanted to adopt me, even though they're like already gone through, you know, all the paperwork, all that kind of stuff, they could just take me. And I did not know that, but I didn't get any real information other than I got my birth certificate, but it was translated. So it's a, you know, I guess like a copy pretty much of the certificate and then it's stapled with whatever. And that caused a lot of trouble for me down the road. Yeah, I bet. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get much information. The The stuff that I know is that I think my birth mother was probably close to the age of like 19 when she had me. Yep. And we have no information on my birth father whatsoever. Yeah, that's, that's typical. Yeah, I think what it is, is that because my mom was young, the probably my father just didn't want to, you know, just didn't want to be there. And then she just know, you know, knew that she couldn't take care of a child. But, you know, I'll never know. So yeah. Have you ever felt the desire to try to dig up more information and figure things out? Because at least I know from the Karajni Bor, they provided a lot of documents for me, at least. And that was that was earlier than you. So in some ways, I feel like you would have the benefit of the doubt better because it was later. So they were more yeah. progressed. They were more on top of paperwork. And I feel like you probably or your parents probably have more information than they have shared yet, uh, at least from experience of what I've spoken with adoptees. So have you ever thought about trying to obtain more information somehow? Yeah. So, and sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, but when I was 16 Uh (laughs) was when I started, you know, really questioning my adoption and not like in a bad way, but just, you know, why did my, why did my mother give me up? You know, why was my father not around? Why would, don't we have that kind of information? And eventually it just kind of got to a point where I wanted to ask my parents if they had, and I'm pretty sure I did at one point, but they were just like, honestly, we just didn't get anything else. But I do know that they also falsified a lot of, a lot of stuff on, especially on my medical records. My mom was like there is like they were saying I had like smallpox blah blah like just all this like were like crazy ridiculous stuff yeah and my mom at the time had a family member work for like the national health organ organization or saint or some you know some medical place and she told me that she FaceTimed or, you know, talked with him and was like, hey, 
sent him a picture of me and was like, is I was going to say, I don't, I don't think iPhones were around in the nineties uh, there, but Hey, I <laughs> news for me, but, <laughs> but yeah, no. So she asked, you know, sent a picture of him to, uh, to him of me and was like, do you think that any of this stuff is true? Like, does it look like he has, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, nope, like he looks fine. And so, yeah, I, it, that now, now has got me kind of trying to figure out, you know, I guess to say like what really happened, but, you know, with like, why would they falsify that kind of stuff? And then it, you know, grew deeper into, well, why didn't you, you know, why did my parents give me up, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. And then 18 hit and I looked into, you know, looked on like VK. I found out about that, you know, I just literally Googled, you know, what was the top social media platforms in Russia or something. And it was like VK. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. And that kind of stuff. And so what I ended up doing was, getting my birth certificate looking at you know just kind of throwing it into google translator and trying to figure out you know what was my parents name or something and so it did have my mother's name on the birth certificate but there you know when i was looking on like vk or okay there was just so many of them and i was just like i was there a recorded uh, age of the birth mother or birthday? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think it was just a name. Was it, it, it was still her full name, though, so she had her yes. family name in it as yeah. well? Well, then that that's good because you could actually take that and then search for her relatives like aunts, uncles, parents, grandparents. Interesting. And that's how you can actually find uh, more people in the area and – Hey, if you actually, you know, on a side note, if you want help looking for people in Smolensk, I have family there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they've yeah. helped. They've helped. They've helped me in the past. So, shout out to them for you know giving back in another way. I guess that's yeah, kind of odd, but <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but so um, that's that's really interesting. So, have you ever had the desire to ever travel back to Russia? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I yeah. You know, right now I'm at a place where I, I just, you know, I just want to travel and I want to gain experiences from other cultures. And Russia is definitely on my list. You know, I, I mean, if I could, if I could go there, you know, in a month or something, I would love to. Just don't know how, how easy it would be able to, you know, fly into, you know, Moscow or St. Petersburg or somewhere right now. So, well, I'd say between the current situation over there and the fact that you still are a Russian citizen. Yeah, that's the you part. you're going to need to get your uh, p- paperwork in order and <laughs> a new passport before you could even think about that. Yeah, so. that yep. that was another thing that I kind of was a, was worried about, too, was. Because I realized, you know, I think. Fairly early on, like. 16 or 17 when I you know was starting to kind of look up that kind of stuff I realized 
that my citizenship does not end and and that most Russians don't unless you, you know, you have to go to the government and tell them, hey, I don't want to be a citizen. And then they still have to approve it or not. So it basically never really ends, honestly. <laughs> I feel like it never does, but. But I love that. And I'm, you know, I'm nowadays I'm super proud of being Russian and, and coming from there and really don't care what anyone says, you know, about that or my, you know, how I feel about it because at the end of the day, they're not in my shoes. So, you know, they'll right. never understand. Yeah. That's, you know, going off of that point, I'd say that takes a lot of courage to uh, not be, you know, misled by people who think otherwise about Russia right now, given such the tensions right now in the world and oh, yeah. how, you know, people are quick to blame, you know, even us, even though we're like, we have nothing some of to us barely even. Yeah. <laughs> like I technically mean, I was told I met a couple of uh, Russian guys when I was in New Orleans for a bachelor trip and yeah. I was, you know, little drunk but was talking with them and i was like oh yeah you know i was born in russia i'm a russian american and and all this and they were like no no you're not you're not russian anymore and i was like okay but like i'm i you know i still have my birth certificate i still i'm still technically a russian citizen but you know and, and then to have them just tell me, you know, no, you're 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 not you're not considered a Russian anymore was definitely kind of an eye opener and I was a little hurt. A little hurt by it. But you know, at the end of the day, it, to me it didn't matter because I to myself am still, you know, Russian American. So Right, right. I'd say it's a big um and that's the thing about adoptions that there's the whole identity aspect that gets brought up all the time where we struggle with trying to figure out who we are. And some of us, you know, may struggle more than others. Some may not struggle at all, but it seems to come up a lot uh, at one point in your life when you're adopted of who you feel more like connected to. And yeah. sometimes people struggle with, you know, hey, they're from a, you know, they feel very American because we were raised in this country and we are, you know, we did things that our parents are doing for traditions, etc. But then when you look at it, it's like, okay, well, we were still born across the world. Yeah. And as you know, the Russian culture is very rich. It's been around a lot longer than America has. Mm -hmm. And they have very deep rooted traditions. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's like, you know, you want to celebrate both, but then you also don't want to make one side feel bad and yeah now you're kind of stuck in the middle and i don't know i guess my question is have you ever felt divided over something between the two countries before to be honest no i don't i don't really think i have because in my head i'm you know i there's nothing i can do about it you know whatever you know, whatever people are telling me and, you know, whatever's going on, I can't, it's out of my control. So I just, you know, I, I tend to try to just ignore 
situations that make me, you know, think like that because I have a lot of friends that are multicultural, you know, some were adopted, some weren't. And, you know, it's just something that I, yeah, I just try not to, you know, wrap my head around too much because then I will go into, you know, a deep hole into, you know, trying to figure, you know, figure that kind of, you know, figure out what's, you know, why people are saying that, you know, or why I feel a certain way about that. So, no, I I try not to. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So, you talked about at one point, you know, you know, you seem pretty comfortable about yourself, you know, as an individual, you seem to not really struggle as much anymore about uh, being adopted. I guess what my question is, um, now that you're older and you're looking back on your younger self, I mean, you're not that old. Yeah. I'm old. <laughs> you're not, <laughs> well, not that much older, but still, you know, looking back on it, if you could leave some wisdom for your younger self or maybe people who were adopted, you know, years behind you, what type of advice would you want to, you know, leave back for them? Honestly, sorry if you hear my roommate's dog, but the biggest piece of advice, I mean, really to, to give any, or I always would love to give everybody and try and tell everybody all the time is that, you know, try not to worry too much about what people say or think about you because that will just inevitably lead to, you know, deeper and darker things. But then also, you know, really learn to to love yourself and go for, you know, go for go out and do things that make you happy. Do, you know, whatever like for me, for example, like I did not want to take over our family farm. Sorry, dad. Didn't want to do it, but I man, you, you're gonna have to do a lot of editing on this episode. You, you you've apologized more than anyone we've interviewed <laughs> interviewed so far. <laughs> yeah, this is this is good. No, this is good. But I, you know, I just I realized like farming wasn't for me. I did psychology in uh, college for three or four years. And then just realized, okay, I didn't want to do that either. And then pursued music and, well, audio. And I love that. And I I love that I get to, you know, do what I love every single day. And I just hope that those listening eventually will, you know, if they're not at that point, that they will find that point. And it will come, you know. And if it – the other thing is you just have to – Really, you just have to go out and do it. Don't be afraid that you're not going to make it because that will hold you back. But just, you know, learn to love yourself. Don't worry about what other people are, you know, saying about you or, you know, about anything that is irrelevant to what you're trying to do with your life. Yeah, that's good. So, Roman, you mentioned that you definitely want to go back to Russia what are some uh, places that you would want to visit? Definitely got to go back to Smolensk just just to see, you know, the town that I grew up in and, and all that. Because, well, it's so funny to me that my mom was like, you know, oh, yeah, in, in Russia, they 
they consider Smolensk a small village. But, like, isn't it, like, close to, like, a hundred and something thousand people there? It's definitely not a village anymore. I mean, it's a, it's a city. It's a fortress city. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about Smolensk is that it's actually deep in history in Russia throughout the years. All the invading uh, enemies of Russia at one time to get to Moscow or go to St. Petersburg, they all had to pass through Smolensk first. That's why our city has the giant red walls around it, you know, kind of yeah. like the Kremlin has I've the big red walls. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's fascinating because if you actually, if you go there, you will see from World War II when the Nazis literally occupied Smolensk at one time, they had bullet holes left of the fighting still in the walls of Smolensk. And just, just the other day recently in the current news today, between the situation with Ukraine and Russia, um, there were drone strikes happening in yeah. our city in Smolensk because it's a very militarized city as well. They make planes and weapons and a lot of military equipment over there. So it's an important city, definitely. So you should be proud of that, I guess. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So you said you want to visit Smolensk. Uh, where else would you want to visit? So, so definitely, definitely go back visit Smolensk. I mean, Moscow. You know, Saint Petersburg. Obviously, want to go see Saint Basil, the Red Square. And <laughs> if I could, I know technically, I guess where it is now is a part of Ukraine. But I'd love to go check out like Chernobyl and stuff and, ah, and see that kind of yep. you know yep. just see that because I mean did you ever watch the Hulu series Chernobyl? Yes. Uh, H- HBO you mean. Or, yeah yes. HBO. That was such a great just series and then I, I remember because I I watched it and then after each episode every single week or whenever it dropped they would do like a little talk show talking about you know how they made it and you know what went into it and how like they wanted it to be as historically accurate as you know as they could possibly get it yeah and i thought that was you know this first off of course it's a shitty thing that happened but it you know to, to finally have something that isn't necessarily, you know, U.S. versus Russia or something and show, like, you know, sadly, that dark side of Russia at that time. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a big, big part of our history, you know, where we came from. And, you know, I, I whether it's good or bad, and I'm sure people will probably send <laughs> me hate mail for this. But I don't care because it's you know it's a it's a piece of our history and I I I love where I come from so yeah yeah well you know yeah Cher- Chernobyl is a very interesting just I mean the fact that you can have a whole city and you know they get evacuated and yet things like stopped in time pretty much it's yes. called frozen in time like the kids textbooks were still on the school like yeah. on the tables Teddy and bears were still there it's, and like it's cra- yeah like they had to leave so much stuff like they they pretty much you know couldn't take anything with they could take one suitcase and that was it yeah i mean you can't you know you can't stay there for long of course because of 
yeah. radiation, but yeah, the radiation, and everything. And it's, I mean, they said it's might not ever go back to, you know, being livable. So yeah, sad, but damn, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, absolutely. So my final question for you is from your experience so far being adopted and going through the process of you at one point in your life struggled with it, but then overcame it. And now you're at a pretty comfortable spot where you're excited about where you're from. You're excited about going back and you're excited about, you know, maybe reconnecting with your family. So I guess what my final question would be is what excites you the most and what are you scared of the most <laughs> about all the upcoming stuff that could happen? Oh, man. Especially being an adoptee searching for their family. You know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, as we know. So, yeah, well, here's here's kind of where I'm at, too, is I'm really happy with you know, where I'm at in my life. And to be honest, I'd like, even if I were to decide to go and look for my family, I just really don't know what I would say to them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I personally don't think it would be anything probably great. Yeah. And I, I know I would be probably a little hurt and a little upset, but I just, yeah, right now I have no desire to, to, you know, find out or anything like that. So I guess my fear would be that, you know, somehow word gets out that there's an American, you know, looking for a family member or something. And then, you know, either someone is like, I know, a, I know who they are, blah, blah, blah. But you know, we, uh, maybe they don't want to see me or they don't want to, you know, answer any questions or stuff like that. And then that would probably just take me off because, you know, I got to, you know, I'm sure I will end up asking something if I did, but, and then the thing that honestly excites me would probably just be the, just the culture and just the experience of, being in the motherland. Yeah. So I, you know, one thing I was talking with some friends about was how easy it is for me to kind of make anywhere that I'm at home. Yeah. And I, I I love that about myself. And I feel like a lot of, I feel like my family kind of enjoys that too, because obviously that means that where I'm at, they get to come visit. So, but I, yeah. So I just, you know, excited about just going hopefully one day and and just being there and gaining that experience, you know, from being in the motherland and then just fearful that I'll meet my family. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you're, you're figuring it out when the time comes, I think you will. And Hey, worst case scenario, you just go there and wing it because honestly, a lot of us have done that. So it's it's part of the unknown process and you just kind of go with the flow and it's it's new and it's scary but it's also exciting because it opens your other half that's still relatively new that you get to figure out so it's interesting yeah yeah 
Well, Roman King from Arkansas, everyone. Thanks for joining us on another episode here. Voice of Adoptees. Roman is eagerly waiting to get off so he can uh, go edit this episode, spend countless hours, and he is amazing at what he does. Thank you. And we are very, very grateful for him. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Roman, and I'm sure we will, well, we have to stay in touch. Sorry, you have to deal with me. <laughs> so you don't really have a choice. <laughs> um, but telling you about how uh, how many ums and stuff we had on this episode so <laughs> sounds good i look forward to it and if everyone anyone wants to guess how many ums we said go ahead and comment on the episode let us know um <laughs> but from all of us here voice for adoptees we thank you for stopping by you can find our episode on any platform we'll also be uploading this content on our youtube page go ahead check us out subscribe like and follow you are adopted yourself or you know someone who's adopted Tell them to check us out, voiceofadoptees.com. Myself and Kat, we're here and we're ready to roll. Thanks so much for stopping by and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Voice of Adoptees. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and leave a review. See you next time.